calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast with a man called Dave and AJ Strange Brew. And we're coming at you with your top women's prospects. AJ, we have not a big list today. We only have like three lists and then mine and yours. So five lists. Yeah. <laughs> my list my list doesn't have this guy. Minoru Suzuki, for the people who are just listening to audio. Yeah, it's got a picture of Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, no. Forgot that we do this also just for audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think everybody should watch us on all platforms and listen to us there also. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm it, it is better if here. you can look at these, though. Yes, those eyes. All right, let's start off with our list here. I got a guy who probably gave us, I would say, the most... In-depth list? In-depth, but also, like, he gave us definitely the most, like, independence and people starting off. Ooh. Scott from Voluntown. He's got Trisadora, Janakai, Janani Akai. I'm not sure how to say his name. J-A-N-A-I. I know Kai. K-A-I. Janai Kai? I don't Janai know Kai. Janai Kai. Yeah, I've never seen her. Masha Slamovich. Oh, Absolutely. Well yeah, Will Nightingale. She, she she better make a few lists. Will, Knight, Will Nightingale, who I've seen on MLW recently. She's good. And Kendi Copeland, another one I haven't seen nice. too much of yet either. So, Scott. Not not, not one of the daughters of Edge and... No, uh, not of uh, Beth Phoenix and Beth Phoenix, Adam Copeland. Yes. Yeah. Why could I not come up with Beth Phoenix? Maybe because I'm thinking prospects. She's no prospect. And she got no prospects. <laughs> yeah, Hall of Fame, baby. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. We got... Randy Osga. Now you know Randy's gonna he have is a list. not he is not a top female prospect. I don't care. No, but he's got he's got lists though. He even got a bonus list here. He's got Casey Lennox, Layla Gray, Lady Frost, oh, Christy nice. James, who works out of Texas and stuff a lot of I've seen. Yeah, Christy James rock solid. Ali Rex and Amber Nova as his bonus pick. Dude, love Amber Nova. She she better make a list because she's she's a, she's a friend of the show. She did our show. We got Mike Caldwell who sent us a list. He's got Tessa Blanchard, Sky Blue, Killer Kelly. That's a good one. You know, I think she took some time away recently, actually, though, so that might be a problem. But Holla Dead and yeah. Allison K. Holla Dead is been on MLW as well lately. And she is also, I've seen her before, team up with Thunder Rosa. Now, they did the Twisted Sisters gimmick. Now, I got to ask you, due to the fact that NXT has gone back to being some of the newer talent, yeah. do you think that some of them would fall into the prospect range now? So this of- is how I decided would be a good way to do it. To me, you could even take, I'll, I'll give you my list, actually, and then I'll explain. Because I think this will be, I got Trisha Adora. I got legit Leah Hirsch, who's obviously Absolutely. on AEW, but to me, I'll But explain. she spends more time on Dark than she does on... To me, if yeah. you're on Dark, that's where they put their prospects. That's where they put right. the people from the Nightmare Factory, stuff of that nature. Right. So, I, so, so I, I'm with you. I got Will, Will Nightingale, and then my last two are actually champions. Roxy, 
who is the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. But yeah, I Ring know of who Honor Roxy is. Is also yeah. not in business right now. We can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, that's and, a whole nother. They're actually, yeah, all their people are reaching out and doing independent bookings right. because of that. But we'll talk about that. And my last one, which is going to be the most arguable one of all, I got Camille. And here's why. She's the NWA Women's Champion. But this is why I'm looking at it. Unless you're one of the focal points of like the women's division on a national television scheme scene, like a Britt Baker or a Bailey or a Sasha Banks or, you know, Thunder Rosa. Like you really are kind of a prospect still. So um, so here's the funny thing. You're gonna think that I'm gonna argue with that, and I'm absolutely you have not Camille gonna on your argue. List. <laughs> I, I actually don't have Camille on my list, but I'm not gonna argue with that because the NWA to me is still not large enough to be considered anything but an independent. And right. the people from their show obviously still work other companies, still work other sure. Um, and- to a point, even though Impact has made great strides, you could even go as far as some of the Impact talent still being independent prospects. So Absolutely. I was going to Impact as well. Now, there are some people that... Okay, Mickey James is not going to qualify as a press I prospect. wouldn't put Deanna Peraz on there either just because she's made enough of a name for herself. I wouldn't put Tessa Blanchard on there, even though, think, she's, even though she's yeah. independent. I know she's not on your list. She made she's another not on my list. list. No, she no, she make, made another list. She did make another list, yeah. I I, I would not I would not put Tessa Blanchard on there because while to me she's too big of a name she's gotten yeah. to a point where she's a bigger name than most of those people that she is I the only thing the only thing that's ruined it for her quite frankly and the only reason she's not in a major organization is because she has a horrible reputation for attitude right so, Madison Rain is established talent um, yeah exactly you, know, yeah, you, those, you can't yeah. take a five time champion right. who is established and everybody knows who they are and call them a hot prospect. Yeah, no, in I my agree. opinion. But I think Camille has not been on that national stage. I don't yet. think enough people actually know who Camille is. No, she's had that one thing on AEW where she stood over legit, legit Leia Hurst. And, you know, I think Camille, when you talk about prospects, like NWA and Mickey James, Mickey James is the Impact Women's Champion. She's I, not NWA. What's stopping from Camille? Ended up, what if they do a little business and Camille ends up holding both titles? Yeah, and then she ends and up on AEW. Like, could. See, She's so she has so much potential just off her look, and I don't think she's reached it yet because not a lot of people have seen her. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, we'll talk about my list first. Yeah, go ahead. You, you you might debate my list, even though I have I have champions on my list. I have a t- the tag team champions from NXT. I think okay. Toxic. I don't think that they've made a high enough platform yet to actually be considered anything but prospects at this point, even though they're the women's tag team champions down there. Is that one or two? I'm I'm putting both of them on there. That's uh, that's two. That's two, okay. Uh, Yeah, I think both of them have their upside. I think both of them have tremendous, whereas I don't consider Mandy Sachs to be up. No, she's been on the main roster already. She's been at Mania's. Right. Exactly. So I don't consider her a hot prospect. Right. I did have Killer Kelly on my list. I think Killer Kelly is somebody who could be a big name. Yeah. And could do things. AEW, a lot of the women in there have made great names for themselves, but they have two of them that I think have bright futures that have not come enough off of dark yet to make it to where they're going to be. So I've got Layla Hirsch also because I absolutely love her. Yeah. And then my final one, this one I think might confuse you a little bit, might actually throw you off. I like Red Velvet. Okay. I see what you're saying there. I, I, I don't think she's had a big enough program yet to be a mm-hmm. big name yeah. or to be anything but a prospect. And this was tough for me because 
I do watch a lot of independent wrestling, and I did want to put people like Megan Bourne on there, who wrestles for New England for Northeast Wrestling. She's actually got a very bright future, tremendous athlete. I wanted to put Amber Nova on there because she is a friend of the show who's done interviews with us, and she's got a great deal of talent. There, there are so many wonderful women out there working right now that are absolutely incredible. I mean... One of the people who has not made, who I think is a big name and no longer a prospect, just because I think they've missed their window on being a prospect, is Allison Kay. Yeah, she got mentioned on this too. I was actually just looking at her when you said that, and I was thinking, like, man, Allison Kay's been around the block too. So it's really interesting to think about these people that have been around the block. Uh, Allison Kay, unfortunately, yet. I think is in a similar boat to what we're seeing right now in NXT with. with with, well, no, no, no. I was going to say with actually with John Morrison's wife. Uh, why am I going blank? And Valkyrie. Yeah, Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. I love Taya Valkyrie. I think she's a tremendous talent. But as far as the WWE is concerned, due to their age, when it comes to women in the WWE, there is a certain amount of ageism and there is a certain amount of a certain body type, we'll say, that they like. And unfortunately, I don't think Allison Kay or Taya Valkyrie fit into that. And I, I think their window as prospects is closed. Yeah, I would say with the exception of NXT and NXT UK, you really can't put main roster WWE women's talent on there just because no. they're constantly on TV too. So they're they're in that mold right now. Unless you know, uh, unless you want to count there. the one from what's it hit row. Sure, I'm not counting her. <laughs> I, I'm not counting her because I think she's straight garbage. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, she shouldn't be. Uh, actually, I should rephrase too. that. I don't think she's straight garbage. I'm sure she's a wonderful young lady. However, her wrestling ability is straight garbage. She shouldn't probably be on. She's also I don't know how much experience she's had. She no, probably shouldn't I, be on. And, yeah, and I'm not knocking her for taking the spot. God right. damn it! If the WWE comes to you and says, "Hey, you're ready," fuck yeah, take it and go. Yeah, However, right. WWE, you're morons. <laughs> I have to say, it's interesting because, like I said, we didn't get a lot of lists. This was I a don't... very tough one for me. Similar to Scott, I watch a lot of women's wrestling. I, I love Shine. I love watching Shimmer. I love watching the women in England. At, for oh god, why am I going blank? Revolution. Why am I going stupid today? Sorry, but I love watching different forms of women's wrestling because their athleticism has changed so much and has become such a tremendous mm. staple right now. If you look at the WWE, AEW, you look at some of the matches, look at the match that once again, Deebs and I, I can't say her name, I'm going to butcher it, had this week. Absolutely oh, incredible uh, again. Yeah, I always butcher her name. That's yes. uh, Kara um, Shida. Shida. Yeah, she's great. Kara Shida, she's great. The two of them beat the living hell out of each other. Yeah, they had a fantastic match. I'll tell you this too, Serena, as AJ knows, I got to go to that AEW this week. and uh, I'm looking Serena, forward to seeing that match that you saw for, I think it's for Rampage. Rampage. I'm looking forward to that Abaddon versus Britt Baker Britt match. Baker. That sounds like it was a freaking slobber knocker. It was a fun match. It was a lot of treats. I mean, Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson steal the show, no doubt. But I mean, it's hard not Yeah, to but we're just talking show. women's right now. I know, I, mean, I know. I'm just saying. It's going to be hard for any match to beat Brian Danielson and freaking Actually, Eddie Kingston. Actually, Seidel and Dante Martin followed that shit. And they couldn't follow that shit. Yeah. How often did Matt Seidel and Dante Martin, who's like fucking a superhero, like get boring chance? Yeah. And they put him up. Boring chance because it was right after Kingston and Danielson. Yeah. When you have two uh, stars like those, that both of them are freaking do stuff that you can't even imagine doing, and they're getting boring chance, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, this list is tough. You know, the couple are top three. I'm going to say I saw Holiday here, I had her on a list. And someone yeah, else, I, I think she can make a list. 
as I was hearing the list, I'm literally sitting there and I'm going, God, I would have, I would have put them on my list. Yeah, I could have put them on my list. Yeah, and it, it, it was such a hard thing. We there is such a deep pool right now of women's wrestlers and independent women's wrestlers, and it, it is so hard to choose right now. I'm gonna say, I, I love I Lady Frost. You know what? Somebody had her on a list. I said she can make the list as well. I'll say she makes her too. I don't know, man. Nobody else had her, but I really feel like, and maybe we'll get some heat for this, but I feel like Camille is like, I just I really like that pick just because. I, I do like Camille. Camille has definitely got hot prospects. Tell me with that build. Yeah. I think the only thing that could end up holding her back is her, her, her personal relationships, quite frankly. Yeah. Plus the promo ability too. She's a little. Uh, she can't talk. Yeah. You know, she's getting reps but, down there. But, but, China, but China couldn't talk either. Right, 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 right. But that was the thing. She was great when she wasn't talking. She had that mystique about her. And I don't know. Maybe I'm a the, the problem is her voice is also just a little... It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And Vince would probably say she's a little too Southern. Mm, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Maybe we'll, we'll put her down. And we got Lady Frost. We got Legit Leia Hirsch. Oh, let's do Legit Leia Hirsch. And Holiday. We'll throw her Absolutely. in. She got some votes. All right. Holiday oh my God, uh, is on tough. MLW. She's doing great. But... I would say Leia Hurst is already right there. So I want to put her in our final spot for sure. Yeah. Legit Leia Hurst is one blood sport. She's fought for the NWA Champions. You're not going to get arguments. NWA. You're not going to. Yeah. She made my list too. You're not going to get yeah. arguments from me. I, I would pay to see her wrestle you. <laughs> I would not want any part of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's been on dark getting victories too. So I think she's, I think her, and I would say I like the Lady Frost gimmick. She's I like the NWA. gimmick and I like the way she works. Yeah, it works good. But I'm gonna say I'll put her at number two. I think Leia Hirsch should take this. I think to, she's to got me, the I'm all, I'm all about Layla Hirsch. Yeah. She was my number one on my list. I did put her into the middle of my list when we were talking about it because yeah. I didn't want to give away too much of the too much of the sugar, if you will. But I want it. But she was my number one on my list. I think that she's got a bright future. I love every time I see her. I love her on Bloodsport. I love seeing mm -hmm. her mix it. I like the way she worked with freaking Camille. Yeah, that that size difference could have easily went and looked like a domination, and she showed why she's legit. I agree. I agree. Now, so like I said, we'll do a little talking this oh, week. Abaddon didn't make any of our lists. No, I mean, but hey, she's going to be uh, <laughs> I, main I, event I, on Rampage. Yeah, I'll give. <laughs> I'll give but I'm going to say this. I want to move on a little bit. I want to have a little talk here this week because we're talking about women and Ring of Honor recently really put a focus on women's wrestling again. Absolutely. And we're seeing that. But unfortunately, which, it, Honor, which unfortunately is probably why they're going out of business. I don't know if that's why they're going out of business. No, maybe it, no, was, not, maybe no. it was not running shows. Yeah, it could be the me. not running shows that hurt them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was great that they paid everybody too. But no, I have the utmost respect for Ring of Honor. The way yeah. they're closing down is uh, is world class. They've first of all, let's face it, for the last twenty years they've been a world class organization where they yeah. have taking care of people yeah they've had some ups and downs with different leadership at different times but for overall i think that we were blessed to have ring of honor as long as we did samoa joe cm punk brian danielson aj styles somebody got American to cut the in there yeah but i was going to talk a little bit about who are some of the guys you'd like to see end up in some other companies and maybe where i'll, I'll get us started if you want oh go ahead me and scott were talking about this you know some guys i think like i think jay lethal could go anywhere you know, Brody King could go anywhere, uh, especially with his size. I could see him in WWE even. Brody King is somebody. He's, he's somebody who could come in and be in the dark order, could come in and mm -hmm. do, just dominate. Yeah. John Grisham is actually somebody I was telling somebody. 
he would do really well to me, Jonathan Gresham, in like NWA. I was uh, thinking MLW, New Japan, yeah. and even NXT UK. Yes. The, the, the let's let's be clear. NXT UK, we're saying. Not NXT. No, no, no. I don't want to see him get embarrassed on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. They would do nothing with him. He's. They would say he's too small. But like he would be great if he wanted to go to the European scene over there because I think – Oh, absolutely. I'd love to see him versus style. Tyler Bates. Yeah, that would be awesome. Good oh. stuff. Who are some guys you think or girls you think would be uh, – Unfortunately, the, the first one that pops into my head is one that's probably not going to translate in too many places, maybe in AEW. I love the Briscoes. I think they've carried mm-hmm. on the legacy of their family. <laughs> As a joke, they're not actually – I know. They're not really um, to Jerry. Yeah. But I, I think they are absolutely fantastic. They he said have, that fast. <laughs> That's why I was like, wait. What? Yeah, they've, oh. they, they've, carried, they've, they've definitely carried the mantle over there for the tag team success. And they've made a lot of teams look good. So I'd yeah. love to see them in a, go to AEW. They had great matches in the past with the Bucks and stuff like that. So Actually, Dax, I believe it was FTR, tweeted out, just tweeted out the other day, Briscoes. And then one of the Briscoes responded, name the time and the place. We'll be there. And... They uh, tagged Tony Khan. So I am all about I hope if we so. can see the Briscoes versus FTR. I, I know a lot of people haven't seen the Briscoes just due to the fact, I mean, most of the people that listen to our show or watch our show have seen the Briscoes. But if, if you haven't had an opportunity to see their work and see what they do, mm. it, it, it's just pandemonium. You, you need to check it out. Yeah. A lot of good stuff possibly on the way for some of these talents. I know that they still have one more pay-per-view, I think Final Battle coming up. And no one knows for sure, but everybody, I think, is essentially released. And how Ring of Honor, if they're going to work or not, I mean, the rumor is they're going to possibly run strictly as an independent organization. But I don't know how you keep champions and storylines if you're going to do that. So they they have so. a very good women's division, also. So they they, they did focused yeah. well. They focused well on it. They did a great job over there. Built a lot of people. A lot of veterans came in there and worked also, like the beautiful people and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. You know what? So, R.I.P. We're going to miss your Ring of Honor. Hopefully, we'll get to see some independent stuff from you, and it'll be great. Absolutely. And we'll be looking forward to seeing where some of these guys end up. I think that'll do it for uh, this week. Anything you want to add? Yeah, Halloween Havoc sucked. I liked Halloween Havoc, actually. <laughs> Rick, uh, Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner's son versus yeah. Chomp, I thought it was pretty good. I thought uh, it, it was a good match. I thought that they... In their attempts to make him look strong, I think they exposed a little bit of what he hasn't learned yet mm. and how to work the match. And maybe I'm just looking at it from a tough perspective. But when you have somebody who you're building up similar to a Goldberg build, mm-hmm. you have to protect them similar to Goldberg and not show their weaknesses. Oh. And by having him try to sell for Ciampa, they expose some of his weakness. Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more here before I go because you got me thinking about some stuff now. I got a little fired up. But there there I, was, it, I shouldn't say Halloween Havoc sucked. There was a lot of good for Halloween Havoc. He also arrived damn near killed herself for that match. Yeah, that, the, the women's three-way dance was freaking fantastic. I love seeing that the, was one of the better shows, honestly, win. in a while. Yeah, I, I did actually enjoy a lot of the stuff on there. I wasn't fully fair. I don't give a shit about the new Uso. So? <laughs> yeah. That's literally their little brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you like can it. call him what you want. You can call it's him the Sequoia, Street Fighter, Sequoia, whatever. Yeah. But he's literally the Uso's youngest brother. Uh, uh, he even has the same tattoos that Roman <laughs> has in the freaking... If you want to set yourself aside and look different and do something different, here's an idea. Don't get the same fucking tattoos everybody in the family has. 
So when you asked, when you said that about how we'd have it, clear my mind went. So Champa was, and Joe and Scott will know this, and I'm blanking out. We're not gamers, though. But uh, Champa was dressed like that God of War character. Yeah. And so was. Which I thought was stupid as shit. I knew you would say that. And Stu Grayson, who looks like Champa, was also dressed I like know. that. Now, that led me, that train of thought, though, let me, I wanted to ask you about this. What did you think? Of the Dark Order versus the Elite match this week, I enjoyed it. I, I not fully. I'm not. Did a you big, have a problem with the Ghostbusters outfits? I was going to say I'm not a big fan of the dressing up like that. I get it. It's Halloween. I get yeah. it. I do. Yeah, but I thought they were a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed the end. I thought it was a fun match. The the, 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 um, the, the problem is. Well, you know, I don't enjoy matches where you have that many people working at the same time. Mm-hmm. To me, you. It turns into a spot fest, which is already what the freaking Bucks do. And I did enjoy the end. I thought it was a little obvious that a hangman was in the state puff marshmallow and not in the other costume. So I'll tell you for me, I went to the concession stand and it took a while, so I couldn't see the entrances. And yeah. so I thought hangman was the horse at first because I hadn't seen the entrances. And then I saw him come back out again. I saw him kick him right, just kick him in the balls. And I'm like, it's not hangman page. I'm like, it wouldn't just do that. I'm like, that's probably Brandon Cutler. But I couldn't see the State Puff Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man the whole time from where we were sitting. And I didn't see the entrance. So I didn't know so, Brandon wasn't masked. But I'm like, that's fucking Brandon Cutler's got to be the horse. And I'm like, oh, but, wait but, a minute. But here's the problem. I get that he couldn't talk to tell him who he was. <laughs> he couldn't take off his mask. What's the hands tied? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't know. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I could tell. What, I'll tell you one guy. You can tell I was not enjoying it completely. It was Jim Ross. Who, when he said something today, yeah, I believe he said protein packs. <laughs> proton packs, yeah. Proton, yeah, not protein. He yeah. might have said protein packs. Uh, he was not happy with it. I know that. You could tell in his voice, you know. Yeah, but I, but I, I don't like, but you know, I don't like all that gimmick shit. I, but I mean, to be fair to Jim, like, I think Jim gets shit on for this, and you know I'm a fan, but I think people have to understand too, Jim is, his job is to be the credible announcer. So yeah. he really shouldn't be putting over. And no, the Bucks are heels not. anyway. Everybody's heels, so it's fine. But yeah. you know, it's, yeah. I thought I I thought it was fun. I it thought overall, silly. I I thought Raw put on their best show in a long time. Okay, we had a lot of wrestling this week. Raw, oh yeah, they, I heard they had some really good matches this week. I did not actually. They see did. Raw, they so. put together new matches. They had a lot of influx of new talent. I think they did a good job of getting over some of the new talent, and it focused more on the wrestling compared to what Raw usually does. It, it was very or it was much more SmackDown-ish than yeah. it was Raw. And you know what? If that's the direction it's going to go on in the future, it won't be like watching paint dry for me. <laughs> I did want to add something else too, where I stand on this a little bit too. Like so the Ghostbusters things and all that stuff. I didn't have a problem with it. I think that's fun. Where they could lose me, and they didn't do this, is uh, and I heard somebody make this reference. It might have been Brian Alvarez on Wrestler Observer. But if they had done something where they were like taking out the uh, proton packs and they were trying to like pretend like there were streams and then everybody took a bump or something like that over oh my God, that would have killed me. Yeah. That I would lose interest me. right away. I don't like the uh I I I, I know, might start shit. watching something else on Wednesdays if that yeah, happens. The, the invisible hand grenade. I'm I'm not oh. a fan of that. That loses me. That's a little too silly. Uh, but how did you feel they did getting over Preston Vance this week, number ten? Getting him over. <laughs> You mean when they just beat the shit out of them? Yeah, yeah. They really showed that the strongest member of the (laughs) the Dark Order 
really they really showed him off this week. Yeah, no. Put him in that high profile match and then gave him what about three minutes of ass whooping? Yeah, 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 yeah. No. And to a point where they think, busted him open through the mask. I don't think that uh, yeah, people like now not a good time to face Moxley. I feel like you're not gonna be getting a lot of offense. No, if they're not turning Moxley heel, I don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. The only problem is people are cheering this. Yeah, I Moxley will not run through Brian Danielson that way. That, no. that will not well, happen. he also he did run through a fan. I don't know if you saw him opening up the gate at the end. He kicked the gate open. <laughs> Literally, the steel rails just went straight into the fan. That's pretty good. I have to watch it. I, like you know, I was there live, so there's probably things I missed. So that's oh yeah, that's fun. right. Uh, Dave was live in Technicolor, but uh, yeah, he kicks the gate. If you watch it, he kicks it open this guardrail, and literally it just goes right into the fan. I will check that out. All right, everybody else was smart enough to get the hell away from the gate that he was leaving, except for one fan. And uh, for that fan, and as, as for that for fans, I think it's time we wrap this up, though. Absolutely, Working fans podcast. We're out. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with a man they call Dave. And today we have a special guest, one half of the legendary tag team Harlem Heat, 10-time WCW Tag Team Champion, WWE Hall of Famer, Stevie Ray. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, man. Thank you for doing the show. You know, I'll just, I'll kind of start off with the basics here a little bit. What were you a fan of in terms of pro wrestling growing up? What got you into the business? Actually, I was a fan of pro wrestling, period, man. What kid down here in Texas that wasn't, man? So, you know, I always, always a big fan. My, you know, my grandmother, my grandfather, everybody. You know what? I don't think I've ever met anybody that wasn't, a fan of professional wrestling when I was a kid. I didn't meet fan people that was fans of professional wrestling until I became an adult. Mm. And they would say, oh, I don't watch wrestling. Well, then what the hell are you telling me for? <laughs> right. Because, right. I mean, you know, in my world where I grew up, everybody was in the professional. Everybody. So, yeah, that's, that ain't had nothing to do with me getting into business, though. But uh, I've always been a fan of professional wrestling. You know, it's funny. I just going to jump all over the place a little bit here. But you said okay. always... Yeah, I was a fan of professional wrestling, and people try to tell you they're not. And as a longtime fan myself, and you obviously were in the business, I started picking this up, especially, and not to get political, but in the last four years, how much stuff in actual life mirrors pro wrestling? Like, Everything. Right. Like, you know, like. I the, used to tell people this all the time. Yeah. And I swear to God, doing, because I've been in the radio for a while now, and I would always tell people everything, everything that has anything to do with media or has anything to do with entertainment has stolen, has jacked all of their stuff from professional wrestling. Everything. Even politics. Yeah. I said, if anybody saw Donald Trump run for office, that was pro wrestling 101. 
thousand percent, man. The promos, the yeah. things that he brought up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Heel, baby face. I said, don't anybody get this? Oh, I'm crazy. Then right. at the end of everything, everybody, like, yeah, we. I, I was doing my podcast with Vince Russo today, and I was like, when are people gonna start listening to me? <laughs> I've been trying yeah. to tell you, I'm the Black Nostradamus. <laughs> they don't listen. I told you everything was gonna happen that before it happened. And he had to agree. He's like, well, you know, I listen. Yeah. I said, well, I just like saying that just to make myself feel right. You know, I just like, <laughs> I just like saying it. But yeah, I've been telling, I've been saying this for years. Yeah. Saying it for years. Everything. I said, look at reality shows. What is that? Mm. Absolutely. Storylines, just Come all on. scripted. Yeah. <laughs> and very, very cheap to produce. Mm hmm. Yeah. Actually, you, got a big, yeah. you got a big return. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. all. Yeah, it's all and reality shows are some of the most scripted shows there are, you know. Uh, oh, like I say, then people ask, is that real? Don't they ask the same thing with pro wrestling? Mm hmm. Yeah. Look at the beefs between artists. Right. Great point. Yeah. Look at the, look at the beefs. Yeah. Oh, so and so is having a beef with so and so. Oh, the girls in it. Oh, she said this about brother. Mm hmm. Pro wrestling wrote the playbook for everything we see in life right now. Yeah. The Pope will be in on it in a little bit. <laughs> Two popes. Yeah. Two popes. <laughs> Two popes. You know what I'm saying? Sign it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the Pope and the Ayatollah. <laughs> a Pope and the Ayatollah be in. You're having a beef. Wait a minute. Come on. I mean, and we're going to get into combat sports a little bit later, but I mean, Jake Paul, obviously, right? Like uh -oh. that. That guy, right? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. And people paying for it, brother. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. It is what it is, bro. So yeah. when you ask a question like that with me, because yeah. I've been saying this for years, way before, I mean, for years, I like maybe last 10, 12 years, I've been saying, do anybody see how everything has turned into pro wrestling? Yeah. Nobody saw it, but you see it now. Yeah. I think even on uh, Joe Rogan's show a couple months ago, they were actually literally talking about kayfabe and kayfabe really? and politics. Yeah, I had to look it up, but I can send you like I did. There was actually like he had somebody on there, and they were talking about how kayfabe. And they were talking about from the pro wrestling industry. And I'm like, this is fucking insane, but it's so true. Like they're, so people true. are catching up. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, they, yeah, they getting on the. They, everybody just oh, I don't watch wrestling. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, somebody, it's just like I explain to a lot of people when I do my podcast. And people complain about WWE. Well, I wish it was like the Attitude Era. I can't like this, this, that, and the other. I said, brother, you got to realize something. Pro wrestling has even gone to another level. Pro wrestling is not wrestling anymore. It's a television show right. that just has a theme. The theme, the synopsis is pro wrestling. It's a TV show. They're not competing against wrestling. They're competing against Gilmore Girl. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They're com competing against Dynasty. Mm -hmm. They competing, you know, they competing against other shows on network television, mm -hmm. not another wrestling show. No, so that's what I'm saying. That people don't get. So you will never get what you used to have long time. You'll never get it. If you ever notice, ain't but a few, like on SmackDown, ain't but a few wrestlers on the whole show. Mm -hmm. We don't need fifty guys. We need the same guys every week. Yeah, it is what it uh is, bro. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. And especially WWE and that's not on they're they're the brand, right? So they're catering to so many different audiences that that's why, especially if you're a we'll call it a hardcore wrestling fan for lack of a better word, 
you're not going to really find what you're looking for there. Go find because, something else, yeah. baby. That's the evolution of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is not, it's television now. It's not a subculture anymore. It is pop culture. Right. Yeah. And I would think that that's the thing, right? It's just that, you know, you can find, and there's so many different ways to watch wrestling and different things now. Just look for something you like, <laughs> right? So much negative energy out there, especially on social media. I don't understand. Like, you got nothing better to do than you know tweet or say something bad about a television show. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, like, like if you go write one better, since you don't like it, right? Go write yeah. one better. Oh, I wish they do this. Well, keep wishing. <laughs> you really think they care about your negative? Negativity? No. <laughs> because for every generation, we get new fans every day. It's child. It's a child born every day. Yeah. And they know that they in the business of generating dollars, mm-hmm. not generating yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday's gone, bro. Mm-hmm. Now we'll get back to wrestling for a second. Like I said we'll go a little all over the place here because it's something I want right, to ask you. It's your show, brother. You bring up whatever you want to bring up. All right. I want to talk to you about this. I'm curious. Your theme music in WCW, just for me as a fan personally, one of my favorite all-time music, the Harlem Heat. Did you guys have a say in that? And I'm, if not, I'm no, I'm no music producer, bro. Yeah, I come to work to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I'm not in, you know, as far as producing music and this, that, and the other. I'm talent. Okay. In anything I do, I'm talent. That's all I want to know about. Somebody comes and say, hey, you like this song? Yeah, it's cool. Okay, that's as much as I'm giving you. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I like it. You like it? Okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talent, brother. I ain't, the last thing I'm worried about is what music sound like. Sure, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> the about, checks in the mail. <laughs> you know, I, hey, I got to go out here and wrestle. I ain't sitting right. here listening to the best of, you know, Don Fogelberg, you know? <laughs> I got to get in the ring, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this though so like all right pro wrestling entertainment obviously physical i personally don't think it gets the respect from other things like and who cares okay right yeah and who cares I yeah i could care uh, less what the world says about professional wrestling that's why i say wrestling was always a subculture we took care of ourselves now we want mm-hmm. the adulation of other people and comparing ourselves to this that and the other that ain't my world mm-hmm. That ain't my world. I could give two shits about what people think about this, that, and the other compared to something else. I don't. And I'm abrasive when I talk talk like this. But this is the world I come from. If I got the respect of my peers, that's all I give a shit about. Gotcha. Seriously. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious. Now, you're a professor, but you, you come from a tough background. You can handle yourself. What, as a talent... Mm-hmm. And when you were in the ring, what did you like when you were working with people? What did you look for? Did you like people to like lay their shit in? What, what kind of... I like people you... to work. Okay. I like people to work and we'd make this match look good. You know what I'm saying? To me, everything was about the psychology of the match. That's what it's about. The psychology of the match. Everything else will find its place. But the psychology of the match and getting the people to where we want them to be, that is what we really focused on more than anything because some people throw good punches some people don't at the end of the day that ain't gonna make or break the match the end of the day is the dance. end of the day is the dance did we get to where we supposed to be psychologically that's what i me and my brother used to always focus on now and in that same vein who are you saying you had some of the best chemistry with just a few uh, we guys had chemistry with anybody that got in the ring we prided ourselves on making you look good because if you look good, we was going to look good. Right. 
so we never worried about chemistry. Give us a couple of matches together, we'll have that down, just like anything else. So we always had that kind of confidence within ourselves. We always had it. We would, you know, we would look at a couple of things after one match. Okay, we look at a few things this after another. Match, just that and the other because no, it's hard to have it overnight. You know what I'm saying? And right. then a few more matches. Then okay, boom. Now I know this looks better for you guys, and this will look better for me. And man, my brother would always go and say, "Hey, man, I'm gonna give you this big bump this way. Throw me this way. Blah blah blah." I think I get it. So we looked at that. It's about work. Mm-hmm. It's about work. I don't give a shit about the chemistry because we'll we'll get it. Yeah, it's just like when you hear Bill Belichick say, "Run it again, mm-hmm. run it again till you get it right." And if you get it right, boom, it's there. Some people are more fluent than others, but at the end of the day, that's how it goes. So for you, I get the vibe. It's it's all about work ethic, right? Like it's just putting that work in and busting your ass, and you're gonna well, get it. Well, it's a job, right? Thousand percent. You get my paid. job. Right. My job is to do the best I can possibly do with what I got to work with. That's simple. I never tried to make professional wrestling into rocket science like you hear a lot of these other guys talking about. Right, it ain't right. fucking rocket science. It ain't fucking rocket science. It's like dancing, baby. Yeah. If you know how to dance, we can dance together. Why make it into rocket science? I ain't trying to build no fucking space shuttles. <laughs> it is funny because you're right. I think as fans, they, we do build it up sometimes. But if you look at all the things that go into it, it's you're showing up, you're doing a job. And then even when people always... They love to hear that inside dirt about people didn't get along. But that's any workforce, right? That's, that's people who don't get job. along, right? That's any job. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. So I'm like, you know, it is what it is. And like I said, wrestling was always a subculture. Now you have everybody spilling the beans about every little thing that ever happened in the business, and people really enjoy that. But you know something? You would never hear me telling personal stories about mm-hmm. people that I know, ever. You might hear me tell some story about some funny stuff. Right. You know, like people heard on some of my podcasts, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. But nothing that would out somebody for something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a funny situation, something that might have, might not have been funny back in the day. And and like the one story I told about John Tentner wanting to beat up Arn Anderson, and a lot of people had didn't even, matter of fact, Arn Anderson didn't even know it. Yeah. He didn't yeah. even know it till like a couple of years ago when our Conrad asked him about it. And he was like, I had no idea that really went down. It went down because I was there. Me and my brother was there. Right. But we never talked about it to anybody because we were the only ones there that saw it. Yeah. So when I told a story about it, I really made it funny, and people really uh, loved that story, man. Uh, I, can, I can imagine an angry John Tento. It's not something you wanted to see. That's the thing. You never see the guy angry. The guy's like the coolest guy in the world and we seen him wanting to tear the building up that night in our trailer that we was in oh my god it was so funny matter of fact i just went down to the aw was here about a month or so ago a little over a month ago and i went down to the show and me and arn was talking about it. this first time we ever got we've seen each other a couple of times at some conventions but we hadn't really talked about it and he was like asking me what was he so angry about man because i didn't know I'm like, man, I didn't know either. I was just sitting there hoping he don't tell the trailer. <laughs> I don't know. I just know what I saw, and I, I told it the way I saw it, man. It was like, so we were sitting there, me, him, and D. Malenko were sitting there trying to, you know, figure out what was going on. Because we, mm-hmm. today, and John's, John not with us anymore, so it's kind of hard to right. have that, you know, it was what it was. But, man, what a funny, what a funny uh, situation. It's interesting just like because MMA wasn't as popular yet, but like just thinking about when you describe like some of the guys, you and your brother, 
John Tenta. I'm thinking like Ming and Barbarian. There were some really tough dudes back in that dressing room back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but the sweetest, the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah. The sweetest guys you'll ever meet. And my, my, my fact, I was telling Ming's son a story about him one night. He don't even remember the story. Mm. And he was like, what happened? I said, you don't, you don't remember you was there? He was like, no, I don't. I don't. We went to a convention a couple of years back, right before COVID. Like, and he was like, no, I don't remember. I said, like, oh, man, I'm going to have to tell you the story. But I said, I got to go. I, I was in a hurry, so I couldn't tell him the story. I said, it was so funny. So funny, man, that I didn't get a chance to tell the story because I had to leave. I had to a podcast or something to go do or some kind of something to go do. It was so funny. And, and I thought Ming was going to say, oh, man, don't tell him this one, blah, blah, blah. He was like, I don't, what are you talking about? I don't remember. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I've never talked with him about it since. So he was drunk that night. So that's probably why he don't remember. Ah, uh, okay. Because I okay. never talked with him. I never talked with him about it. I never talked yeah. with John Tenter about his. You know what I'm saying? I'm not that kind of guy. Right. I don't right. get in people's business and pry and ask questions about whatever was what they were going through. Hey, you know, hey, ain't my my name Bennett? And I ain't in it. That's how yeah. I was raised. You know, so yeah, very old, very old school. It's cool. Like my own business. Keep your nose down. Work hard. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. I want to get. Yeah. I want to do my tour of duty and get out and land on my feet. Mm. That's why I now, never got involved in everybody else's bullshit. Yeah. Now, get back. We were talking about combat sports a little before and the pro wrestling aspect of it. I'm, I know you're a boxing fan. And we were talking about something recently. I just figured you could share the story because we're doing an episode on greatest heavyweights this weekend, okay. too. And you met Muhammad Ali, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Tell everybody about that. I'm curious to hear that story, if you don't mind. We were in San Francisco. And one of the guys that worked with the company had told us, uh, Man, I got a I got a surprise for you guys when you when we get to San Francisco. We didn't know what he was talking about though. Matter of fact, we didn't even remember him saying it. But then after we had did a pay per view that night, and after we finished, we went back to the hotel. And I remember him coming to say, "Hey, before we left the building, he was like, hey, man, I'm gonna come by you guys' room, and y'all y'all be ready by such and such a time, cause I got I still got that surprise for you guys." And I'm like, okay. And so me and my brother went back to the hotel, changed clothes, cleaned up. And then here come the guy from WCW and said, you guys ready? Said, yeah, we went down, got in a car, and we went to this hotel downtown San Francisco. And it's like, go in the hotel, ain't nobody in there. You know, you go in the hotel, people walking around, this is hotel like a ghost town. I'm like, you know, but you could tell it was a super expensive hotel because it had that early American look to it. You know how the San Francisco area is? Had that early American look to it. So we go get on the elevator and you would go up to the very top and you have to get to, you have to get a card out and put it in to go even further, you know? So it was up there. Mm. You know, now me and my brother like, what the hell is going on here? You know, <laughs> everything's so drab. I was, you know, it's kind of like the damn Adams family or something. So we, we get off the elevator and, you know, we walk down the hallway. These hallways are not like the hallways in, regular hotel because all the rooms are super big so there's a door here and the next door would be way down there or something like that so we go up to this one room and my boy knocks on the door and he said hey man i'm gonna be back in 30 minutes and he's like, okay then he left and me and my brother sitting there looking at each other like okay then the door opens and it's muhammad ali oh man <laughs> come on in then me and my brother look at each other like muhammad ali what the so we go in and we just start chopping it up man we just start chopping it up and 
with topping it up with the champ, man. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know. So it was it was a night to remember, brother. We took pictures and you know, and Ali was doing magic tricks and talking about who would win mm -hmm. out of who would win out of us if we wrestled each other and you know, oh, I would win. He my brother like, Oh, I would win, blah blah blah, you know. And it was uh, just a, it was just a night to remember, man. Then we took pictures. Um, then our guy came back with a photographer, and we took pictures and stuff like that. And 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 nobody else was in 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 the place. Just Muhammad Ali, my brother and I. Yeah. And we chopped it up for about 30, 40 minutes. And it's a night I'll never forget. That's a man. And it's it's kind of a trip, right? I remember a couple of years ago. That's well, probably more than that now, but Rampage Jackson and uh, mm -hmm. King Mo had this little beef, but they were getting along and they were joking and they said something about maybe you do the pro wrestling circuit. We'll be Harlem Heat. You know, you can be Booker T, obviously, <laughs> Ray. And I thought to myself, when we were getting ready to do this, I thought I was thinking about that because we were talking about, isn't it a trip? I mean, obviously it is a job, but it's kind of fucking cool. These people like you watching other things that are making it and they're fans of you, right? That's, that's kind of That's what tripped us out about Muhammad Ali. Right. That's what really tripped us out. We did not know. We did not know that this, of all people, was a fan of ours. Mm. Now, me and King Mo are very cool. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Me and King <clears throat> Mo are very cool. We knew a lot of the African-American athletes, you know, because we met so many of them. You know, we started meeting them. They would tell them, hey, mm. man, we watch you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow. Because it took me a long time to really realize the impact me and my brother was having on professional wrestling because I don't mm. pay attention. I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Even right. my friends, even my personal friends would tell me, brother, you don't really realize how big you guys are because I never brought professional wrestling home with me. Right. Never brought it home with me. Anybody <clears throat> would come, you know, even my neighbors, even my neighbors, you know, don't come over my house talking about pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, the little kids in my neighborhood that was my daughter's age, you know, those little kids, I kind of raised a whole bunch of them, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, they would come by and ask for T-shirts and stuff like, hey, Stevie Ray, can I get an NWO T-shirt? Like you know? But, you know, it was never that in my neighborhood because while I, while I had my house built, it was the first house in the sector of the neighborhood. And everybody knew whose house it was getting built. So they used my house as a selling point to the rest of the neighborhood. So I couldn't move in it for three months, three or four months, something like that. Huh. So yeah, I see that house over there. We're doing that for pro wrestler Stevie Ray. You know what I'm saying? He's, and people go, "Oh, he lives here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of cool, you know. But my neighbor, my neighborhood was very diverse, and that's why I told my real estate guy, you know, find me a diverse neighborhood. I do not want. I'm not like these athletes. I said, you know, I'm an athlete. You every neighborhood you take me to, ain't nobody but white folks. Not that I got anything against white folks, but I said I would rather live in a diverse neighborhood. I'm not the NFL guy that just got a million dollar, you know, contract and this is where he got to live. I said, you know, all those, all those nice neighborhoods, they was cool, but I'm like nothing against that. But I say, I want my daughter to grow up around a more diverse neighborhood. So the neighborhood that they found was willing to build me the house the way I wanted it built. Not that was on the blueprints. They changed a few things for me. And like I said, the neighborhood was black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Pack Muslim, you know, that was who I wanted to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's who I wanted to be. And I made such good relationships. And so many of those kids used to come to my house and they would ghost card my uh, direct TV deal. 
those little kids. <laughs> if a fight coming on, you know, they would ghost card it for me like I couldn't afford to pay for it. Is that something? I'm, I'm, I'm jacking the fight, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Is that something? Those little kids, little Asian kids, little Arab, Arabic kids and Hispanic kids, white kids, black kids. And they'd be all in my, my living area, you know, you know, watching the fight with me. And I would, they would ask me wrestling stuff and I would give them, you know, fatherly advice. And all those kids grew up to be... You know, they're like in all in their mid, mid-20s now, mid to late 20s yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? And all of them grew up to be productive people in society, man. And I'm proud awesome. of that. Yeah, awesome, man. That's really cool. And I'm proud of that, bro. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, they all would come and want to swim in my pool because I was the only house with a, in the neighborhood with a swimming pool. Other than that, they got to go to the pool for the, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. for the subdivision. And they would, hey, Stevie, can we swim up here? And I'm like, I don't know, man. You guys, something happened to you guys. I'm going to be responsible for you. I said, you got to go ask your parents. You know what I'm saying? Your parents call me and tell me if it's cool. Y'all can do it. Because I'm like, I don't feel like watching you suckers. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like being out here watching y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) You know, ain't your dad or nothing like that, you know. But they was cool, and I loved it because a lot of them went to school with my daughter. They was about her age. Yeah. And she used to really get pissed off if I let those kids swim in the pool, which was hers. <laughs> oh, she hated that. She get, get those stupid kids out of my swimming pool. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, God. You know. So, like I said, that was, I like that. Those guys, all those kids, man, grew up to be productive. Like the little Pakistani kids, they grew up, they opened up phone store from my neighborhood. And me and their dad was really, really cool, man. And, you know, so many of the parents used to come over the house and just talk. None of them yeah. talked about wrestling. Right, right. right I used to right. love that. I've, I've, I've sold my house. I sold my house a couple of years ago and moved into a condo. I'm in a condo now because, you know, I don't really like home living any. You know, Dude, it's just too much. Preach no more. I get right. it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I met so many people. Those kids grew up to be productive people in society, all racist, all creeds, <clears throat> all religion. You know, my cul-de-sac was... One white lady, one black lady, one Hispanic couple, one Muslim couple, and one Korean couple. I mean, that was my culture set in me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. We all all got along, and we all looked out for each other. Whenever I was out of town, I didn't have to worry about my crib. So, yeah, I'm proud of that. That's awesome, man. That's bigger than wrestling. That's, you know, that's life, yeah. yeah, We were talking about boxing a little bit, but did you watch the Fury Wilder fight? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did you think? I think... If Deontay Wilder, I honestly think ever since that last fight, Deontay Wilder is not right. Because mm-hmm. I've never seen a man blow up in two rounds. Deontay Wilder was on lazy legs in two rounds. Yeah. And he hadn't even spent himself yet. So I honestly think, you know, he was discombobulated by a punch. And I honestly think it's kind of like Roy Jones when he got knocked out that first time. He never was the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's wrong with Deontay Wilder right now. He was, it is not, that guy was in shape. Yeah. I've seen Deontay Wilder go 12 rounds like uh, uh, Stephen Severn, uh, Stephen Severn. Yeah. I've seen him go 12 rounds with this guy. This guy's in impeccable shape. Mm-hmm. But after two rounds, you look like somebody slipped you a Mickey. Yeah. So I honestly believe a punch called him somewhere and his equilibrium was off for the rest of that fight. He was fighting on sure instinct after three rounds. Mm-hmm. Even though he knocked Fury down, 
he knocked him down on instinct. And I'm going to be honest with Fury wasn't in the best of shape anyway. He did not look motivated. Exactly. And I honestly think that's why the fight was postponed because I don't think he was in shape a few months back and he wanted to get in a little better shape. That's why he got knocked down. You got knocked down by a punch that wasn't even a punch. That wasn't a real Fury right hand. Yeah. You know, the white hands that we've seen in the past. So if that knock you down, brother, you know, and this guy on lazy legs. But, hey, man, he got up, he won the fight, and you got to give him kudos for that. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, to me, they've been really, the two personalities, again, far a little bit from wrestling, really revitalized the heavyweight boxing scene in the last few exactly. years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The fight that really surprised me, though, was Usyk and Anthony yeah. Joshua. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't and see I that couldn't coming. believe Anthony Joshua tried to box with a boxer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. You the big guy, man. Be the big guy. Right. Yeah. No. And I, like, I mean, he lost weight when he had that rematch with Ruiz there. And, okay, he wanted to be faster in that fight. But why in this fight? You should have put that size know. back on, I thought. Exactly. You know? yeah. exactly. <laughs> because the thing is, you're a boxer, but you're a big boxer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're... you're your hands are not going to be as fast as the shorter guy. Even if y'all got the same hand speed, you're taking more distance to get there. And then when you do that, you got to bend down to get to his level. Brother, stand up, throw punches down. Beat him up, rough him up. You know what I'm saying? Make him work. Yeah, borrow from Sherry. That's what exactly. <laughs> Put the yeah, right. Make him work, man. Don't box yeah. with him. Make him work. He's not used to that. But if you let him get in a comfort zone, people can do their comfort zones all day long who did you grow up on for boxing who were some of the guys in boxing you liked everybody yeah everybody brother yeah. from when i was a kid from muhammad ali joe frazier george foreman I'm okay i'm a kid Norton, you were you know through that era through the sugar ray Leonard and tommy Hearns yeah. and marvin Hagler area and roberto duran era yes. you know what i'm saying the vito and the era. i, I just know? missed the ali era myself and right. so it was a lot of the lighter guys, Ray Leonard, Tommy Hurts, right. that, that Hurts right. Hagger you know, fight. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, the heavyweights when uh, Holyfield and them came around. Oh, yeah. Mike Tyson, all of these guys, Ray, Ray the Ruddick, you know, uh, Tommy Morrison. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, just boxing, man. Just a boxing fan, man, through and through. So if you had to, because uh, like, so this is what we're doing this weekend, if, you're, if you don't mind lighting us, like, Go under your head, kind of like top five boxing heavyweights. Who would maybe make your list? Top five? Yeah, I figure Ali's going to be in there for sure. Oh, most definitely. Top. But the thing is this. The way I look at boxing or any sport, mm-hmm. I say you have to. I don't think you can be as blunt with any sport, especially when a sport goes through an evolutionary period. Okay, good point. Muhammad Ali was six foot three. He weighed maybe 210 pounds mm-hmm. when he won the heavyweight title. The Gypsy King came in the ring the other night at 277 pounds. Right. 6'9". <laughs> 6'9". Yeah. Do you honestly think Muhammad Ali, which would have looked like a puny little skinny guy, right? what would he have did against that kind of girth? And that man can move, too, when he's on his game. So yeah. I'm not saying he's a better fighter. But right. I'm saying if you took a guy from the past and put him a guy from the future, it's no comparison. Yeah. It's no comparison. So when I say that, Ali is the best of his era. Okay. Yep. Ali is the best of his era. 
I think Evander Holyfield was the best of his era. Very underrated, I think. And, and, and the reason I say this is because of the fighters that you fought, the competition. It's just like when people say Michael Jordan is the best basketball player ever. And I can't agree with that because, like I said, a LeBron James came in the league at 18 years of age. And look at how basketball has changed from 2003 to 2021. Mm-hmm. Look at how many teams got snipers and athletic individuals. You got 20 Michael Jordans in the league right now that is just as athletic and can shoot 10 times better. So in essence, when, I, when people make that assertion, what I always say is this. LeBron James had to go up against stiffer competition. And he had to go against the evolution of basketball, whereas I got to change my game. And the longevity. Most players burn out at 33, 34, 35. LeBron James is still the top of his game at 37 years of age. Yeah. That's unprecedented. Even though Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played 22 years, by year 15, he wasn't the same. How many athletes can you see at an advanced age? And I put Tom Brady in that too. Because people say, well, Tom Brady, look, he's playing at 44. If Tom Brady had a play when Joe Montana played, mm-hmm. would he have made it to 44? Yeah. Would he? Yeah. No. <laughs> because I got the right to put you on the critical list. And nobody says nothing. Now, if I swipe in front of your face, it's a 15-yard penalty. True. Mm. I'm just saying, Tom Brady's age is advanced because of the rules that change. Joe Montana never had that luxury. And do you know Joe Montana never snapped the ball out of the shotgun? Did you know that? So that's what I'm saying. When you comparing people, I can't touch the receivers anymore. We wasn't like that in Joe Montana's days. I can't touch the quarterback anymore. Right. We wasn't like that in Joe Montana's days. The, the, when I initiate pass protection, I couldn't grab you under the shoulder pass and stuff like that, like they do today. You see the difference? Yeah. Right. So you no. can't take this and compare it to this because if you're eating ice cream and cake every day and I'm eating mud, you're going to be more nourished. Yeah. And... And jump on that too. I mean, workout equipment, nutritional things, everything is advancing, right? So the athletes well, are natural. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that's a natural, that's a given. The right. Athletes, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. If you put Michael Jordan, and I don't give a shit what anybody says, if you put him in today's game, he would not average the points because he's two, 195 pounds. Right, right. right. <laughs> 195 yeah. pounds. LeBron James, six foot nine, 260, and move like a gazelle. What I'm saying, you will see things. The, the game moves. If you go back on YouTube, look at the games from the 80s and early mm-hmm. 90s. And then go look at the game from today. Everything yeah. is moving like this. And even a great too, and just uh, look at the sport of mixed martial arts, how much that is. Yes. Look, at, look at women's mixed martial arts. Yes. Ronda Rousey comes in. God bless her for the time period. She had the skills. But, man, that sport has evolved so much more. Look at the guys that's yeah, yeah. doing the sport now. Mm-hmm. As, a, as opposed to the guys back in the day, you yeah. know, like uh, Ken Shamrock, who's a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and Horse Gracie. Yeah. We saw what happened to Horse Gracie when he went up against 
of today's fighter. Right. Almost got his head bashed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, goodness, man. Yeah. I mean, the evolution of sports does not go backwards. Mm-mm. It doesn't. I mean, Deontay Wilder, 6'6? Six, six? Yeah. Almost right. 240? So I'm just saying, and when when you when you the question that you're asking me about who's my top, it's hard for me to do that. I can only do people by era. And right. Ali, Ali Frazier, all those guys that he fought, those were the top five guys of his era. Yeah. Because I honestly believe Ali fighting a Mike Tyson might not have been super difficult, but Ali fighting a Riddick Bowe? Right, right. That's a whole nother ball game. I will throw this one out there that's kind of interesting, though. George Foreman competed in a couple different eras there. And yeah. successful. Not, obviously not the same, but right. know, had that power. Yeah. But when George fought back in the day, he was 215, 220. Right. When George was, fought, when he came back, 260. Yeah. And he knew how to use his weight. And good. Yeah. And the heavyweight division didn't have a lot of top guys. Right. And, and two, he said something there that kind of dawned on me. I remember watching this kid. It was because uh, my father would show me the old George Foreman stuff, too. And George almost looked like it wasn't that he had better cardio, but he was smarter at how he distributed his weight and stuff, right. too. Like, right, yeah. He's more relaxed. <laughs> right. He's yeah. more relaxed, more confident, everything else. And this is another reason. Okay, and people always ask me about Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. How great Floyd Mayweather is, especially these young cats, because they ain't seen nobody else. And I would always say, Floyd Mayweather is a great fighter, but do we really know how great he is? And they ask me, why do you say that? Because he never fought the African-American fighter. You made your name on fighting flat-footed Hispanic fighters. Every time you got into, Oscar, you got into a ring with a 40-year-old Shane Mosley, he hurt you. You got in the ring with a guy that you was bigger than, Zab Judah, who also hurt you. You got in that other African-American fight before that was Chop Chop Curly, who also hurt you. But none of these guys was at, not at the top of their game when you fought them. Floyd, I mean, uh, uh, Sugar Shane Mosley was almost 40 years old and had been beaten several times. Zab Judah had came up to 147. Zab Judah should have never came up to 147. He was a 140-pound fighter fighting at 147 and a hothead. But if you look at the beginning of that fight, the first five rounds, he was clearly beating Floyd Mayweather. Okay, and then you go to Chop Chop Curly. Chop Chop Curly was never a top, top, top fighter. He was a good fighter, and he hurt you. So it's easy to go through life picking and choosing people that you know your slick style, that 70 style is better than because you always avoided the African-American fighter. Because, mm-hmm. see, what you would miss is this. The African-American fighter has the same thing you have. He has the fast twitch muscles. He has the same... Uh, hand to eye coordination, the fast feet, the reflexes. It's just like when in the old days when the cavalry had to fight Indians in the uh, American territory. Well, a Cherokee Indian fights this way, an Apache fights another way, a Choctaw fights another way. And when they get these guys to kind of scout these guys, this Choctaw doesn't know what a Cherokee does. You see what I'm saying? Mm. You are 
a product of your environment. So it's easy to beat the flat-footed, slow Hispanic fighters and make it seem like you really beat somebody. But in huh? essence, when a Sugar Ray Leonard goes up against a Tommy Hearns, I got to really figure you out because we at the same level. Right. So you're taller than me, but you're just as fast. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. same thing. Yeah. No, 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 most people don't talk about that, especially not trying to talk about you or anybody like that, especially white people. They don't think about this. Right. If you look at all the top African-American fighters that ever come through in the last 40, 50 years, they had to go through an adversary that thought similar to them. Mm-hmm. That's to a be great the point. best. Yeah. yeah. That era we were talking about, the, you know, I grew yes. up watching was like Ray Leonard, Hearns, right. Hagra, Duran. Like it was, those were the four. There were others, but those were like the four pillars. Almost. Right. Like, were they, like you yeah. said, it was others in there. Yeah, there you was. Had to fight, yeah. You had to fight them to get to that level, the king level. Yeah. Like this off the top of my head, Wilfredo like, Benitez. Like, like somebody like Wilfredo, Wilfredo Benitez. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. You know, he fought all these guys, but he was quick. You know what I'm saying? Puerto Rican, I think, uh, Roberto Benitez was. But I'm just saying, that style will beat that. You got to realize, the American style is not taught in South America. The slick American file comes from the the Philadelphia area, the New York area. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It comes from that, you know, those Northeast areas. That's where that slick style comes from. And people teach it. It goes from generation to generation. Now, what guy in, a, in Mexico is going to know anything about that style? Right. Yeah. Nobody. Now, there are people that are Interesting. got melanin in their skin in South America, <laughs> but they're not from here. Right, right. So what the stuff that they practice is going to be just like everybody else in that region. Yeah. So if we're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I never thought about it. You always talk about styles make fights, but region, too. Region is such an important. Yeah, where he grew up from. Yeah. Okay, yeah. When, the, when the United States is over in Afghanistan, and they was paying these Afghans to go look for who? Other Afghans, because I don't know what these guys do. You see what I'm right. saying? Yeah, right, right. No, I'm sorry, brother. Steve Ray have to break it down to people. Mm-hmm. That is why a Pacquiao, to me, people always ask me, who do you think had a better career, Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather? Manny Pacquiao, hands down. Mm-hmm. You know why? You remember all of his fights. Right. The only fight you can remember Floyd Mayweather had was the one with Conor McGregor and the Big right. Show. And the Big Show. <laughs> right. <laughs> the two more entertainment aspects. Those were the more Think about that. Ball. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Nobody can remember that no fight. And when they they have uh, legendary nights fights, you know, from years and you know some of the older guys, not one Floyd Mayweather fight is on there. Yeah, I was looking at this thing on YouTube one night. Had the top, I forgot how many fights: fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty. I can't remember how many fights ever. Man, I mean, Floyd Mayweather wasn't on there one time. Manny Pacquiao was on there a few times. Yeah. yeah that's wild. Okay. Yeah, if you want to talk about boxing, this is the way on my radio show and on my podcast, this is the way I talk about boxing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it, though, like you said, in terms of region, but it is interesting. And I remember Mike Tyson saying something on his podcast one time, too. What did he say? He said something about uh, his son wanted to fight, and he just laughed. 
because he said you didn't grow up like I grew up in the region right. that I grew up. Right. Right. He said it's you can't do it. It won't. It's not going to work. You know. And and it's interesting, right? Because there is something also just growing up, growing up rough, right? I mean, you're naturally going to be more hungry in a lot of cases, right? I mean, Floyd didn't grow up like his father probably did. You know, he the pay not 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 disrespecting the guy either, but you know what I mean. Like he didn't. It's not like he was starting. I guess I'm saying. No, I, I, you know, really and truly, that's kind of academic. I really don't care, you know, what, what, what you come up with. If you can learn the sport of pugilism, you know, nobody knows what kind of heart you got until you get in there True. and do it. But at the end of the day, if you fight inferior competition, you can right. never be considered a top guy. Because it's like this. If you don't fight someone at your level, and I'm not saying these other guys weren't great boxers. Mm-hmm. But what makes the Indy 500 great is that the guy up here got the same equipment as the guy back here. What makes NASCAR great because the guy up here got the same equipment as the guy back here. We're on an even playing field. My pit crew might be better than yours, and my, my you know pit strategy might be better than yours, and I might go through turn three a little faster than you. But other than that, we got the same shit. Right. Even playing field. Same guys with the same stuff. Now, if you got quick hands, quick feet, and like to hold a lot, and I'm the flat-footed guy that can't get off, I don't even have to hit you to beat you. I just look better. But when you go into a, a fight with a guy that's just as fast as you, just as hungry as you, just as skilled as you, and he's looking at you across the fence, how big are your nuts then? Well said. How big are well your nuts said. then? Yeah. Because you know you're going to have to fight him to beat him. Now it comes down to what? <clears throat> Will and heart. Because I, he got the same thing you got. He might be younger. He might be hungrier. He ain't sleeping on silk sheets. How bad do you want to fight him then? Floyd Mayweather never had to encounter that. You remember, Rock, you remember Mick telling Rocky that in, Rocky, in the Rocky movie? When, he, when Mr. T said no. I, he trying to retire, but I, why won't he fight me? Right. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and what did Mick tell him? We're, he we're said, you know, don't, you had 10 times defenses, but they wasn't like this guy. Right. We're protected. Like, what, you? what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now yeah. you get what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so Floyd Mayweather has been protected. They never wanted him to go up against that guy that was similar to him because then you killed a gravy train. Yeah. And I've debated people on radio and stuff about, hey, once they seen what I was talking about and thought about it, and it's like, well, I never thought about it. Like, it yeah, is because, interesting. Yeah. Because you wooed by the picture that's been painted. I knew he was going to beat Manny Pacquiao because Manny, because of his style. Right. I knew he was going to beat Manny Pacquiao, but he never hurt the man. He never really hit the man. The only mm-hmm. person that got hit in that fight was him. But he's got longer arms, and when Manny goes to go off, he grabs him. That's why you don't even remember that fight. Nah. It wasn't a fight. If you know what I'm saying. It was I a do. fight. It right. was a fight. Great build up. We, but what did we get? Brad Mayweather has never given us what we always wanted. Did Sugar Ray Leonard give you what you wanted? Did nah, Tommy Hearns give you what you wanted? Oh, yeah. Did Roberto Duran give you what you wanted? Did Marvin Hagler give you what you wanted? Mm-hmm. Did... Did, did, did even old George give you what you wanted? <laughs> he brought it every did time. Did Lennox Lewis give you what you wanted? All those guys. He banned the Holyfield. Listen to me. All of them. Did Oscar De La Hoya give you what you wanted? Brought it. 
Can you remember any of those fights? Yeah. Now you tell me the one main fight that you remember that Floyd Mayweather had that you actually remember from from round one to round twelve. Which one? Conor McGregor and Big Show. Okay. <laughs> I, rest, I rest my case. Yeah. Every entertainment. Yeah. I rest my case. <laughs> Which I think before we get into promotion or anything else you got going on, great way to almost end it because that go back to pro wrestling. <laughs> right, we borrowed pro wrestling. <laughs> so we go full circle. <laughs> exactly. Now, Steve, what are you up to nowadays? And promote anything you want, man. Four years. Well, um, I'm working with a podcast network right here in Houston called Boss Up Houston. And I'm going to be doing my new podcast over there called the Stevie Ray Experience. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, shooting that and doing my first show. And I'm also over the, uh, excuse me, part of the company that's going to be trying to get more sports content on the show. So I'm going to be in charge of that. And, you know, as you can see behind me, Straight Shooting with Stevie Ray, the most, most dangerous podcast, you know, still shooting that three, two to three days a week. And I do another podcast with Vince Russo once a week called Black and White, where we talk about some of the uh, mm-hmm. black and white social issues that go on in this country on a weekly basis. So I'm pretty busy, man. I'm pretty busy. Uh, I'm in talks with some guys about a book right now, and I'm also... Uh, my agent just called me today about some people interested in me doing another movie. So cool. I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to do what I can do, man. Like I tell people, I'm living my best life, man, and I'm enjoying it. And I'm also in talks with AEW on a, something I put together that I'm pitching to them. And uh, I almost got it finished, and I want to try to do something with them. Yeah. Awesome, man. That's good to hear, man. I'm uh, happy to see people doing big things. And like you said, just still chasing after living your best life, right? Every day. Just Yeah, man. Just yeah. get the... Like I talk about on my podcast, but I tell people, I don't know what hate feels like. I don't know what it feels like. I know what love feels like. I know what dislike feels like for certain individuals. But on a daily basis, I don't know what hate feels like. And anybody that gets up, and I ask people all the time, please call my podcast or text me or send me a DM or comment or something, please explain to me what hate feels like. When you get up in the morning and you go to your bathroom and you take a piss and then you look in the mirror and the only thing you see is hate for others, please explain to me what the fuck that feels like, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because we see so much of that in this country now, and I don't even think people even realize what they're doing. No country can be great by hating others. Because if you down, I'm down. When you up, I'm up. And if I can hip lift you up, that's me. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing good, that means I'm doing good. Yeah. How, do well, you feel, I don't, how can you feel comfortable with somebody doing bad and you like it? Yeah, it makes no sense. As a nation, people don't realize the uniqueness of this nation because they ain't never been nowhere. Well, I've been around the world a couple of times. And I know how special this nation can be. And I'm going to give my two cents. And I'm going to try my damnness to give it all I can give to make it a better place. I want to just back up for one second because you said something I'm really happy about. Uh, when we were doing this in the beginning, when we were talking about wrestling, you said, if they look good, we look good. Everybody right. looks good. Right. So if we're doing good, you're doing good. It's this, Those are life lessons that can be learned and everything right there. Yeah, That's pretty cool. See, man, I, I agree 1,000%. Like, there's no reason to be hating on people. You know, let's learn to love. I understand it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't it's understand a it, bro. wasted energy. I don't understand it, brother. Something I ain't never been able to get grips on in my whole life. It's something that dwells within people, and I guess it's taught from a very young age. Yeah. And that's some, some of the stuff that me and Vince talk about on our podcast together, and we we come at it strong, we come at it hard. And you, anybody, anybody knows me, I don't sugarcoat nothing. I can tell. <laughs> I don't sugarcoat nothing. You won't, don't ask me. Tony Schiavone gave me that name, Straight Shooting Stevie Ray, because one time he was like, man, every time I hit, somebody asks you something, you shoot straight with them. So that's where it came from. Tony Schiavone gave me the name Straight Shooting Stevie Ray. I didn't, I didn't realize it, though. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. I didn't, you just I didn't realize yourself. I was like that, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm happy-go-lucky, either to get along with type guy. But, brother, when I see somebody saying the wrong shit at the wrong time to the wrong people, hey, brother, I'm going to check you, bro. I'm going to check you because, you know, like been in hotels and somebody talking to the, the girl behind the, you know what I'm saying, the wrestlers think, that, hey, wait a minute, dog. Give her a minute, bro. Yeah. Where the fuck you going? <laughs> right. You know yeah. Hotel ain't going nowhere. Right. Ease the fuck up. That's just me. Yeah. I think it's good, man. We need people like you to kind of keep people in check once in a while. <laughs> we try we try to do it, but not everybody can what be Stevie Ray. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> you, yeah. So, you know, those are some of the things. Like last night on my on my podcast I had a something that's been bothering me for a long time that I, so I usually like you talk about comeback sports and, and things like that on the show or, you know, movies, television, Yeah. me and Jimmy, he's a comedian. Sometimes we talk about some of the old black exploitation you, movies. Did you ever just think about doing comedy? I didn't mean to catch up. I wanted to ask you that. Did you ever think about doing stand up? Did you ever think about doing stand up comedy or anything like that? No, people tell me how funny I am sometimes, but I'm like, man, oh, I don't see it. Like Vince today, he couldn't stop laughing. When we was doing our podcast today, he's like, he couldn't stop laughing, man, because I come on the show and I do imitations. Okay. But he said, all my imitations sound like the same guy. <laughs> he's like, well, who was that you just, because we were talking about Colin Powell. I was talking about Colin Powell that he just died, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I started reenacting re Colin Powell going to Vietnam, you know. And they sent him over there for this big massacre that went down in Vietnam. And he's supposed to be the guy to go over there and check it out and stuff like that. And uh, and he came back and he told the uh, Joint Chiefs that, hey, everything, he didn't see nothing wrong, this, that, and the other. So these other guys go in and take pictures and all this stuff, all these massacres, beheadings that the United States was doing, you know. And then they come back and they put this in. You remember back in those days, you could put stuff in magazines and stuff. And, right. you know, they stop you nowadays because the government tell you, no, don't do it or your magazine will get shut down. But back in those days, you're talking about the late 60s, early 70s. Right. You could do stuff. That's why Nixon got brought down, you know, because mm -hmm. of two guys at the newspaper. So I was I was I was making reference to that, you know, I think. Um, hey, uh, hey, Colin Powell, Colin Powell, we need to send you over to Vietnam. And then Colin, and then and Colin Powell said, oh, I said, oh, OK. I said, like, wait a minute. No, this is the young Colin Powell. OK. <laughs> He's like, you don't know the old Colin. I said, like, wait a minute. I, I've been doing the old Colin Powell. I didn't know the Colin Powell back in the 60s, you know. Right. <laughs> I, so I said, so Colin Powell come back and go, well, everything looks OK to me, you know. Vince is dying laughing and Vince is dying laughing and saying, well, then here come the news order that could come out, you know, 
shows everything that Colin Powell never saw. And Colin's like, hey, baby, I'm trying to get these stripes. <laughs> yeah. y'all, don't eat, y'all don't eat much get it, baby. I'm going to get these stars, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you <laughs> so we, that's what we do on the show sometimes. We talk about serious stuff, but we'll keep it all. You know what I'm saying? We, we, yeah. we don't want to make it so serious that people start to offend people and stuff like that. You know. I, I think that's the best fucking promo we could have done. No, that's pretty good, man. <laughs> we, so I do a lot of that on the show. And Vince, yeah. Vince how people calling in, asking them, you know, they be sending comments like, you know, my... When I'm imitating somebody, I try to do it. Yeah, so I, it's not stand up, but yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a knack, yeah, so, right? Yeah, huh? it's, you can be. It's it's different to be funny in a group, right, and have fun, and yeah. that's an art form too, kicking it. But right, I guess stand up comedy. There is, but I just be wanting people to see how I see stuff <laughs> in a serious way, but I make it funny. Right. I said, um, Cole, I said, did you see Colin Powell at the United Nations? Oh, right here, you know the. Saddam Hussein, he has, he was trying to get yellow cake from one of the Afghans or stuff like that. And as you can see right here on this picture, well, Mr. Powell, that's a, that's not a picture. That's a drawing that some fifth grader could have done, you know? Mm, yeah, but it's, I'm Colin Powell, so you should take my word for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I am. He got weapons of massive reaction. Where are they? Mm. <laughs> oh, we didn't find them, but I'm quite sure they're there. So we should go attack that nation. Uh, oh, okay. Um. All right then. You know. <laughs> what the oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, dude, I'm gonna be at work tomorrow morning. All I'm gonna hear is I'm trying to get these stripes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get these stars, dog. God, I'll get it. You know. What I'm <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see nothing. You know. <laughs> I mean, oh, that I, kind of stuff. Yeah. Huh? That's uh, funny to me. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. I'm me too, obviously. But. <laughs> that stuff is funny to me, man. I'm like, wow. What kind of, you know what? I, you know, we're going to wrap up. Whatever. I want to ask you, um, you talking about comedy a little bit, what were some of your favorite comedians growing up? Oh, man. You, of course, Richard Pryor. Pryor, yep. Jackie Mason, man. Okay. Jackie Mason was a funny dude. Uh, Rich Little. Yeah. I'm a rich little, did mm-hmm. all the impressions and stuff like yeah. that. What was his name? Foster Brooks. I don't know if you remember him, man. Name when sounds I, when familiar. I was a kid, man, Foster Brooks. He used to act like he was drunk all the time. <laughs> you know, all his whole skit was the drunk guy. <clears throat> you know, this guy could be the drunk guy <clears throat> better than anybody. I could look at this guy forever. I still pull up a lot of his, his stand-up, you know what I'm saying, and some of the variety shows that he was on. That's a funny dude, man. He would actually make you think he was drunk. And people didn't know Foster Brooks was a world-class vocalist mm. that people never knew. Foster Brooks. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Vocalist, man. You know, that's how good these guys were. And like people, I, I go to the comedy clubs here sometimes, every blue moon, and I hear comedy. But the comedy I grew up on was so broad because, you know, George Carlin, these guys had such a broad mindset that they educated you and did comedy at the same time. And you look at it and go, wow, that's, um, that's, that's brilliant, brilliant. And I listen to some of these com- com- comedians today and some of the comedians, and it's like the same guy. Mm-hmm. 
It's like the same guy telling the same jokes. No disrespect or nothing like that. But I yeah. just came from a different era when a comedian, you know, was bigger than a comedian. He was real. You know, when other comedians came out to watch and go, mm, I got to see this guy. You know what right. I'm saying? Because yeah. he, got, he got something, man. You know what I'm saying? What goes on in the mind of people like that? It just, it yeah. just freaks me out, man. It yeah, and have that kind of like. I don't know what you would call it, like the observational skills, like in that yeah. moment to take all that in. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make it funny. Mm-hmm. He can be talking about some of the serious stuff in the world and make it funny. Yeah, that's why I see this thing with Dave Chappelle because me and Vince talked about that today, and you know this council culture trying to. And did you see his recent special? I the seen most- this. I seen the part where he was talk. We're talking about the transgender. Okay, I didn't see the whole thing though. Okay, I just watched most of it yesterday, but what do you it's think? interesting. I liked it. I loved it. I thought that, uh, again, comedy subjective, right? Yeah. It's art, and I didn't personally find any, and this isn't too my own work. We literally had a, we had a trans person on the other day for an interview, did great, got good reviews, and at the same time, I can say I watched this. I didn't personally find what he was saying insulting. It's comedy. And actually, he's telling a story about a person he knew right. who was trans who killed themselves. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and and if you listen to it at the end too, it's like he's taking a serious moment. You can kind of see moments where right. emotionally, like he's playing it off really good, but he also turns it into comedy at the same right. time, which right. is a fucking art form and a half. That's right? my point, man. Yeah. That's that's not easy. No, to take things that really bother you right. deep down inside and you're Golly, gonna turn it man. into comedy. Yeah, I just don't think. We live in an age right now where people can grasp that. We're too a little. It's a part of it's a little territorial, I think, mm-hmm. and tribal. And also, we're just used to. I don't know. There's a certain culture where if you don't completely agree with everything about to say, well, then you must be on this side. Where well, it's that's like, the thing. No, yeah, no there's com- a lot of gray. No, no compromise. <laughs> right. No compromise. You yeah. gotta come to a medium. This. Like you said, ter- territorial, tribal mentality that people got in this country today, it just boggles my mind, bro. It boggles my mind. Oh, my God. It, like I said, it does. But, you know, like I tell people, better you than me, baby. <laughs> Just trying to get these me. stripes. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I did love that, man. I'm going to use that all day. <laughs> Uh, hey man, Colin, y'all gotta realize Colin from New York, baby. Hey, I gotta get this paper. <laughs> I gotta get this paper, dog. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get up there on the Joint Chiefs. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna be down here with these jabronis for the rest of my life. <laughs> Driving a tank in a Jeep, you know what I'm saying, hey, baby? I'm gonna be in that limo. You better dig it. <laughs> I'm telling this, I'm gonna be running this mug. You know. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to promote, Stevie? I want to. No, that's pretty much about it. That's pretty much everything I'm into right now. Awesome, man. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. We appreciate you. And Thanks. we'll love to have you back some other time, man. You were great. Hey, I appreciate it, man. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms.
if you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 